Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is The Thrive Time Show. Z, on your podcast, download, which means that people are listening right now to exclusive content you cannot find on the radio. Z, 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 the, the radio is very common. The podcast is exclusive. Z, are you fired up doing the podcast? I, I feel a little different when we do podcasts than our radio show, which we turn our radio show into podcasts, so they're podcasts also. But, but it feels more froggy. Yeah, it does. It feels a little edgier. It feels a little kind of almost like, you know. This is where we can be real. This is where we can really get down to it. Right. And so we have Pastor Brian Gibson on the show today. He's well, a, that's gonna keep a pastor of a church that it's in River City. It's, it's in Owensboro. It's called River City Church. And we have Wes Carter, uh, his law firm, Winters and King, uh, where he's a partner. They represent Joel Osteen, uh, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Myers, a lot of the top, uh, uh, Craig Rochelle. They represent some of the, the top pastors on the planet. Pastor Brian has a, a church of over 1,000 people, and he's also, uh, would you call it co-pastoring a flock of 1,000 people as well as an Amarillo? Or how would you describe that? Yes, sir, I'd call it uh, interim right now. Right, interim. Um, yes. Okay. So, so your your uh, uh, your father in law pastors a church in Amarillo, yes, and sir. Uh, he's had some he had a stroke recently. He did. He had a, he had a mini stroke, so symptoms came on, but then they're all gone. So we're thankful for that. But to decompress him, uh, we've taken the leadership of the church, and the staff is now answering relating to us. So is the church's senior pastors. So two two churches at the same time. Yes, sir. Th- about a thousand people apiece, uh, about a thousand miles apart. Okay, now the people of Amarillo are known to Easy. be really, yeah, really calm, it. nice people, never having issues. Never. People of, of Owensboro of cattle, of never have there. any issues there. So you've got a perfect uh, world there, perfect uh, people you're pastoring. But I want to a- ask you, on behalf of all the pastors who could not be on the show today, not, not for you so much, but for the pastors who couldn't be on <laughs> the, the show today, guy. what are some questions that you would ask Wes Carter, the attorney who represents some of the top attorneys on the planet, what, what are some questions that you would ask Wes Carter? Let's start with this, Wes. All right. um, a, a lot of a lot of pastors they are they got a heart for people. They got they got, have a heart for the word of God. They care for their sheep. They're probably not legal minds. A lot of them. A lot of them probably aren't business minds or business savvy. What are some of the What are some of the easy biggest holes you see legally in protecting an entire ministry or a church? Because it is it's something that needs to be protected. It's valuable to the people. Yes. Valuable to God. One of the most dangerous ones i see and you see these kind of wives tells pop up online periodically is that i don't need a corporation for my church i have a corporation soul or i'm not going to submit myself to the government's authority and those that's one of the most dangerous things to do because without the existence of any kind of corporation for your church then if i'm going to sue you my only option is to come sue all of you individually Okay. So you're holding the church's property in trust, and it's very common, especially it used to be on the East Coast. There were times in Virginia and some in the Northeast where churches couldn't be incorporated in earlier times in our country's history. And so that mixed with some bad tax advice and kind of these failing constitutional arguments, that's one of the most dangerous ones I see is that we just meet together. We don't have a corporation. We tithe, but we're not worried about our tax deductions. So 
we're just out there doing it. And then someone falls or gets hurt at camp or one of the many things that happen in a church when you're dealing with kids and youth usually. And then all the board members, all the deacons, the pastor, the pastor's wife, we just they, they all get sued individually and let the court sort it out. Everyone's liable then instead of the organization. Right. There's a lot there's a lot, a lot of risk with that. When it's a simple, you know, like a twenty four hour process to set up a corporation. Sure. Set up your own separate bank account. It keeps things cleaner, neater, easier to manage. So that would be probably one of the biggest ones I see where I'm like, Oh no. Pastor well, Brian, is is that, is that helpful? Does that answer your question there? Oh that yeah, that, that helps guys. And can I can I piggyback one more that goes right oh, with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so tell me you hear different guys argue on what type of entity to set up, what type of legal covering to yes. set up. Uh, must they set up a 501c3, or does such a vehicle exist outside of that? It's a great question. So we talked about you set up your corporation, just the legal entity that you're going to do business under. The rule is the IRS has a special exemption from applying for 501c3 status for a church. So as long as you operate under the IRS's criteria of what a church is, you're automatically exempt without applying. But the important thing to remember is you're still subject to all the same rules. Unless you're paying income tax and none of your people are getting tax deductions, you're subject to the exact same rules as every other 501c3. And a lot of times we suggest clients go ahead and apply for 501c3 status because when you start doing company donations, a lot of policies, a lot of public schools, a lot of people won't give to you if the IRS hasn't determined that you're a 501c3. And you run the risk that the IRS comes in if you're doing something outside the box, a coffee shop, church, a prison ministry, something like that, and says, well, you don't qual- you never did qualify as a church. I have a really crazy offensive question, and Z, I'm going to kind of filter it through you. Oh, come on, breathe. So here we go. Uh, a friend of mine, this is a true story, um, and I won't tell you what city this is in, but a friend of mine had uh, somebody in his church that he felt like he should have fired. Now, if this was okay. a school. Okay, they had a church and a school. Okay, those are people who are from Tulsa. Uh, you might guess as to what this is, but it's, it's a church and they have a school. And they had somebody who did some weird stuff, you know. And you say, now in my office, I had somebody. This is probably what five years ago, who followed one of our lady employees into the bathroom. And I said, hey, you know, I mean, that's not the bathroom. You go in, had to let him go. Boom. This guy though, he's in ministry. He says. You know, it was alleged, but we've never had any problems with them before. And so, long story short, this church, I'll just say it's in our region, this uh, school is no longer a school. And it came out that they had a systemic issue of this happening. So I think an outgrowth of a lot of churches is a school. And so the pastor, I know this guy, and his heart was, I don't want to see fire somebody based on an allegation. But it came out that like this was happening systemically and ended up on the news, all the media. Long story short, the school's no more. And uh, there was a teacher that harassed and actually assaulted many kids. And But I see in ministry a lot of pastors that kind of turned a blind eye to anything where, quote-unquote, judgment you know, because they want to assume everyone's innocent until proven guilty. They want to love everybody. They want to, and and so Z, I would just, I mean, have you ever met people in ministry, Z, that it's almost like they don't, they're almost like they're blind to obvious, like in business, you would just whack a guy. You'd fire him. you go, hey, you're gone. Whack him But in ministry, it seems like some people in ministry give people a hall pass well beyond at the time where even it's dangerous. They're just like, well, you know, I mean, I can't, have you ever seen this before? You heard of these kind of situations? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, within the, um, the industry of church, I mean, obviously forgiveness is a huge message and it's a powerful message. But I think at some point, you know, you need to run the wolves away from your flock. You know, at some point you've got to. And we're not pastors. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just, I've seen this with my in, buddies in, who are in ministry. In the theory, like. and, I, and I've seen with business owners, too. You don't have to be in the ministry to have that mindset of keeping Agreed. someone around too long. And now they've become a virus. They've become a cancer in your organization. And other people now are, are modeling them. Other people are doing their bad habits. And they're, oh, they're saying, well, I guess if it's OK for Billy to do that, then it must so be okay my question, I would have yeah um and before we get to pastor brian's next question for you wes is in ministries mm. have you not seen a tendency to be more lenient with rule violations than in business or is it the same or what advice would you have for the pastors out there who are you know somebody's obviously violating a rule in this particular case it was a sexual assault and it was numerous times where the pastor was like well i don't know you you definitely encounter i mean i i spend more of my time than I'd care to even count on dealing with these kinds of issues with churches because they often end up in litigation and big cases. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's not right. It's multiple issues. <laughs> one, someone does it while they're on staff. That's one thing. And you, you kind of give them grace, too much grace. Two is they did it before they got on staff. They've gone through a restoration process and you bring them on, but you have to understand you're bringing them on with a magnification of risk if they ever do it again. And then three is you have people who target churches as easy targets. So you have outside people trying to do it in the church and you turn a blind eye thinking the best of people. So it just comes up in so many areas. And I like to tell people you have to switch your mind, your, your perspective and not think of it as you as the pastor of that individual, but think of it as a good stewardship issue. You are a steward of the church, what God's given you. And to protect that church, you have to take action. Okay, I just want to I want to share share with this for all uh, share um, this with you for all the pastors out there listening or all the people in ministry. Um, you you know this this seems obvious, but your standards have to be so much higher than anybody else because people are always trying to find a problem with churches. They're always trying to point out that's hypocrisy over there. That's hip-. and so you just have to hold yourself to a high standard. And I, I, I'm telling you this. Um, uh, the church I've gone to for a while, one of the things they do is the pastor has set a rule that, you know, if, if, if an adult goes into the restroom with a kid, there has to be two adults that go in and they have to set that like next level. Like you can't let kids be checked out of the kid's church unless there's uh, actual ID provided. And I would just say, if you're in ministry, please, please, please take the Go to the nth degree, over, be over-transparent because the world is trying to take you down. They're trying to prove that you're not doing things the right way. But Pastor Brian, I want to ask you, is there, do you have anything you want to add to that or what's your next question? Oh, no, that, that is massive. And I think cameras, security cameras, makes yeah. so much sense. Now. Yeah, and they're cheap. They're it, cheap. It, it's yeah. cheap and it's a deterrent and people know it's there. And any would-be predator knows the eye in the sky does not lie right they know it's there it's, it's power and it protects your staff from false allegations as well yeah it covers you so many different ways so I, I love that i think there has to be a different standard too when we're ministering to sheep as a pastor i see i see sheep through one light right uh but i have a different standard for shepherds mm. the way they behave so it, there's a different level of scrutiny there's different things i'm expecting and as a shepherd a shepherd i believe i must feed the sheep and I all also must kill the wolves. So, in other words, you don't want your shepherds eating the grass. I, don't. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. That's, that's a problem. That's, okay. that's for the sheep. And yeah. you can't let the wolves just ramsack 
the sheep, right? Yeah. It is up to you. If you Those sheep to, are a tasty meal. They, I'm just going to say are. as a sidebar, <laughs> yeah. sheep is a tasty meal. No, I, I, I love to eat lamb. But yeah. I don't want to feed souls to, to animals. Uh, so here, here would be my next question for Z. Ooh, for me, Ooh, okay. yes. hot seat. Well, that's what I get for speaking up about the whole right. The grass. You will yeah, regret now that. I've got now, that. Now, now it's on now you, the attention's right? on me. Yeah, yeah, it's like the class. It's kind of like when you're in church, you know, and all of a sudden the pastor's making a point, <laughs> and he's looking right at you. And you're like, you can't get small enough in your chair. You're like, oh no, oh no, get down, get down. Why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me? Stop it! No, look away, look away, wicka willy, wicka willy. Okay, yeah, and then when they call you by name and you're not expecting, oh yeah, that, that's, that's that's the best. That's the best. Okay, as a businessman. Uh, I, I, I love your kind, your type. I was I was raised by your type, you know, and, and I want to see a lot of a lot of pastors. I think they don't know how to relate to businessmen. Uh, sometimes they're intimidated by them. Right. Is this guy trying to control me with their money or their power? The or, power. Yeah. The, the, their power brokers. So. So Do you uh, mind if I attach these cords to your arms and I stand above you and kind I of flop around your, and you do your, your arms? <laughs> it's just a thing I do. No, so yeah, so you see, sometimes I see guys handle you, your type, I'll say it like that, in two different ways. One, they run from you. Mm-hmm. They don't understand your purpose in the kingdom. Correct. And, and the other guy glues himself to you. Because, uh, right, he's wanting to use you for your research. Attention, Absolutely. church, this so, Sunday we're going to put a banner up there. It says, sponsored by Pepsi. Nothing weird here. Just uh, welcome to my church, sponsored by <laughs> Pepsi. So tell me, what, you know, what, what are you looking for in a leader, in a church? Uh, either one of you could answer this. Uh, I'd love to hear Z first. What are you looking for in a pastor? And, and what are some of those attributes? How would you like a man like that to um, relate to you? Well, number one, I've had that happen to me both in both categories, and I didn't like either one. Okay. So I want a guy who's just genuine. He's just he's just just a friend, and and you know doesn't assume one way or the other. You know, doesn't assume that I'm there to try to wield some kind of, you know, try to be laws someone, of power. You know, I I need a whole row reserved for me every single Sunday. That's just silly, you know. Sure. So a lot of it is you just want him to be real and genuine, be your friend, and and treat you like like your regular guy, you know. And and then I've also had them to where they just glammed on to you, and next thing you know, you're like every time you turn around, they're you know at your you know at your business. Hey, how's it going today? You're like um oh hey, hey, I have pastor. a I have a pretty harsh take on this. Yeah, I have a harsh take on this. Yeah, um the Bible. Uh, that that I'm aware of, uh, well, those are the people apparently. who are into the concept of tithing would uh, believe that Pastor Brian, we're supposed to give what percentage of our income? Ten percent is is bottom level. Okay, so what'll happen is a lot of pastors will kind of uh, you get the two camps. What say the one that panders to the business guy? And I've seen this happen to me before. They're just they want to hang out with you. They're your buddy. They're on it because they go. I know you. You own the DJ business and the haircut business and the photography. Okay, we're going to talk. And and then, but they feel like that pro rata. If I'm just if I'm if, if my income is a certain amount, they feel like if they do that, that all of a sudden I'm going to give more than ten percent, more than fifty. It's almost like they're really, really, really catering to you. And I would just say, on behalf of all the business owners I know. We're going to church because we know that you're our source of, you know more about the Bible than we do, and we're looking to you as a source of wisdom, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to be a source of wisdom, and pro rata, I'm going to give a percentage of my income, whether I make a little or a lot or a lot, 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 and I think a lot of people 
expect you to know more about it's almost like because you make more money they kind of look for you to have more wisdom about how life works and i've seen that a lot where a pastor will pull me aside and ask me some questions where i'm like you're the pastor i don't know and i've had that happen i mean at least i can think of what four times where a pastor's pulled me aside and go hey this is i have a question and i'm going that's in the Bible, and I'm, that's not my book that I know a whole lot about. So I would just say this, is I would like to be treated like a member of your congregation, Sorry. and just know that pro rata, uh, percentage-wise, I'm going to give the same as anybody else, proportionate to my income. Um, and then I would also say this, is I'd beware of the business guy who wants to give a lot, but he wants to say, your sermon next week should be about this. Oh, yeah. Because I see that a lot. I mean, a lot. Where it's the guy who gives a lot he wants to. And it's a nonprofits of all kind. But I see it's like, hey, I'll give a lot. But I really do. I mean, it's not too much to ask. I'd like you to do a, a sermon on. Uh, and then it's like, exact, it's just they're dictating what you want to talk about. And I think that's, I don't know. I just think that's that's what I, my perspective. Let me, let me tell you a move I see sometimes that I've really liked is one of the first people you hire as a church often is a business pastor. Because like you said, a lot of ministry people aren't business-minded. They don't sure. like numbers. And I've seen pastors that will segregate themselves from the tithing records, so they have no clue who is tithing what, and it's a defense against someone accusing them of favoritism. Yeah. And it also helps prevent them, because we're all human, to say, I'm not going to favor this guy because I have no idea what he's giving. I see. That's, yeah. a, cool, that's a cool move. That's yeah. a cool move, but you know, that's a move. Yeah. Now, Pastor Brian, what's another question? What would be the final question you might have for uh, Dr. Dr. Z or Mr. Wes Carter? Uh, on behalf of all the pastors out there listening or yourself, my friend. Uh, I, I think, uh, tell me this, uh, either one of you, but but let's say from, from your perspective, your professional perspective, uh, when, you walk, when you walk into the church as a whole, not just the leadership himself, but what are you looking for in that ministry, in that church, What's the primary thing that moves you? And then what are the primary things that turn you off? And you're like, man, this is not, because I don't just want to hear what you like about us. I want to know what you don't like about us so we can see it from your your. Can we go with Wes first? Okay, okay. Wes first, because I I feel like Z's going to bring the thunder. He will. So Wes is the lightning because the thunder follows. Wes is is more copacetic. He's an agreeable guy. You're you're going to do, you're going to bring the thunder and we're all just going to go, Well, lightning. I mean, thunder does follow though. And I'll bring you to, not from my legal perspective, but me as a person. Yeah. I'll tell you, the thing that kept me at the church I'm at now, I walked into the congregation and we, I know most of the pastors in town, so it's hard for me to find a congregation to start with. You represent them, right? So I walk in the congregation and I'm sitting down, and there is a homeless person, two, door, two seats next to me. And, I mean, you can tell, obviously, you're homeless. And yeah. then there's uh, a doctor I know, a lawyer I know, some very poor people from, you can tell, you know, just from the way they're dressed. I mean, but, and worship starts. Everybody's praising together. They were welcomed during mingle time. And that, that struck a chord with me. I saw that everyone was treated equal in the congregation. Come as you are. Nobody's trying to avoid you. Everybody's shaking your hand, loving on you, telling you, welcome, you're here. And that struck a chord with me because I don't want to be treated special. I want to go somewhere where everyone's welcome to come as you are. We all have our own messes, and that's what attracted me to this particular church. That's awesome. Ministering to everyone. Dr. Z, here we go. Three things. Three things. You can break it down, and you know this, I know. I'm I'm pretty sure you do. And uh, uh, children's ministry. You know, you'll you'll go wherever your kids want to go. True. 
mm-hmm. for the most part, you'll be like, my kids are excited about going to church. My kids want to go to church. We're going to that church. True story. Uh, River City Church. My kids got in the car or in Kentucky. My kids said, can we come back like every week? Because I, we really, and this is these are you know, six year olds. Yeah, uh, they're not saying this because I, I, it's unprompted. I said, guys, how'd you like church today? And they go, we want to come back like right. every week. Clay, we how many, it. how many of your five kids would you take a bullet for? All five of them. All five. Right. I mean, we we want. That's a profound question. It, and that that is you know. The, so our children is when you're a, when you're a parent. Now, if you're not a parent, then then that doesn't apply to that. So the other two things that are left over are worship. Um, it's got to have great worship. There's so much great music out there. There's so many great songs. Just singing. I can only imagine all every Sunday, you know, for the rest of the time. You, and, you'll and, hit it. You'll do okay. Quick, B minus praise and worship is rough. This is a business guy because we're always looking for yeah. excellence in everything. And it's, if it's B minus or C plus, do you not Z? You go. I mean, you want it. You want it. You start, right. You, you know, you, yeah, it's bring, hard to turn a blind eye yeah, to. It. Yeah, bring 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 the heat. There's so many great songs out there. There's so much great music out there. There's so many talented people out there, and so you, the worship's got to got to rock it. And You're then, a of course, guy. the message. I mean, the pastor has to be enthusiasm, and you have to believe him, and he has to deliver that in a way that you go, I connect with him, and I connect with what he's saying, and I left today smarter than when I got here. You know, so Oof. I learned something. Wow. It's not just a rah, rah. It's a, I learned something and that's important, I think. And so, cause then you feel like you're growing, you feel like you're steading in the right direction. So you, you hit those three things and I mean, you know, go, go get a bigger building right now. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's on. When we come back from our, we come back to our next podcaster, Pastor Jesse, who is married to Pastor Brian. She gets a, uh, a session inside the dojo of Mojo. She can ask a dog she can ask Dr. Zellner and Mr. West Carter any question that she possibly has is the Ask Z and West Carter edition of the Thrive Time Show. And as always, Z, three, two, one, boom. boom.